everybody. Welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris, the season is over. There has I been a victory. Start the entire pod like that. Don't 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 start the pod with that sentence and then go into the next part of it, which is talking about Bama losing and Georgia winning. I'll fucking quit this this show right now. Mainly because well, I can't the, talk. The good news is you sound great. I want you to explain to the listeners uh, what happened here leading up to the game. I got sick. Thank, thanks, thanks, Tyler. Just, you know, like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling any better, Chris? Mm-hmm. Hate that you felt this way and your favorite team lost. Um, well, yeah, I don't I'm, think anybody feels bad for that. I mean, no, no, absolutely not. They never do. And that's, I mean, it's fair. It was a, it was a really like surprisingly great night, even though Bama lost. Um, but yeah, like last Friday, I could feel like my, like I felt like I was kind of sick, but not like, like flu or anything like that. I was a little bit achy, but I, I ended up just losing my voice. I think I had strep. Um, and it never came back. So this is the best it's been in three days. Last night, I was annoying myself on, on like third downs. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, doing the solo pod, I wish I wish you were there for it so we could do more of a breakdown. It was Dude, We had so much stuff planned. I know. Yeah, it was interesting doing it by yourself. You know, you start to realize that uh, that that takes a, a special skill to be able to talk for an hour straight just by yourself. Um, yeah, an hour? So, no, no, no. I did twenty six minutes. I'm saying like someone who would do an hour pod uh, like we normally would. I don't see how someone yeah. could do that solo. So props to no. those that that do it. Oh shit! Um, well, also, props to you. Well, obviously, I got the call right. Georgia minus three. You did as well, although I did tune into the spaces later that day, and you had changed your pick in the spaces to Bama winning. I just want to say that for the record. A little bit of confidence. Um, <laughs> you know, real quick, let's talk about the gambling part of it because I haven't bet on a game in like two months, and I did um, talk Uh-oh. to our buddy Michael Calabrese right before the game. No, so there were a lot of plays that I thought were just easy money. Um, Georgia money line, Georgia minus three. Like I wanted Bama to win that game, obviously, but you look at those numbers of the the other four games, like with that same matchup. Not only did the the team that lost first win the second time, but they won by an average of twenty four points. I mean, like yeah. three of the four, like didn't they? They were either held to ten or ten points or zero points overall. Anyway, I thought I thought that was easy money. Brock Bowers getting in the end zone. I thought that was easy money. Um, and and there were two bets that I made to, like, before the game that I was like pretty confident in, and then I panicked. And it was Georgia over six and a half in the first quarter, and then uh, an alternate line where instead of it was three, <clears throat> it was ten. Georgia minus ten, yeah. So you you panicked and you did not make the bet. I I canceled the the alternate line at the very last second granted the guy i was doing it through gave me 13 and a half instead of 10 but obviously i went three for three i won every bet i made there you go um well tonight is a night obviously 
If you're tuning in and you don't know what happened yet, I, I actually don't believe you. Because if you tune into this podcast, you know exactly what happened last night. Many of you are fans of both these teams, but the three seed in the playoff, the first three seed to ever win the college football title. Uh, Georgia takes down the number one seed, Alabama, 33-18. to 18. This was a wild ride. Um, we were talking before this. Um, what's going on over there, Chris? <laughs> uh, all right, we're having some technical difficulties here, but oh, I'm fixing the mic. You can't hear me, right? No, no, I, had, I can't. I, I had can't. it muted. We were talking before this about how the viewership of this game was the worst in the college football playoff title history so since 2014 since there's been a title game from a playoff this was this had the lowest amount of viewership and um your reaction to that was why this is a great game and you're like don't you think and i said well i thought it was a great second half if you're a i don't even want to say casual fan but a, a not a fan of either one of these schools at the first half obviously great defense but it was a little Kind of, uh, there wasn't a lot of action, and I was getting a little disappointed. But then the second half made up for it, and it was an incredible second half. Um, one with wild swings of emotion. I can't, you know, if, if you're a Georgia fan out there, when when Sutton has the fumble, and we'll get into more about the game in a minute. They were good. going and through it. That, I just can't. I mean, I just can't believe the the stuff I saw online from Georgia fans. My wife, who I can't believe the text we were Georgia getting. Fan, yeah, like, and I get it. I mean, it's been 41 years since you've won a championship, and then and then that kind of thing happens to you against Bama, which it always seems to. And I I put out a tweet. I said, you know, if this is – Georgia has a chance to change the narrative of what happens when something like this happens to them. And from then on out, it was incredible. Uh, Georgia has the comeback, seals it with the Keely Ringo pick six. Dogs fans everywhere having a blast. Looked like Athens was insane. Looked like Indy was insane. As a Bama fan, Chris. That's the show. When when the game started, I was making some observations. Bryce Young coming out of the tunnel, he didn't look as confident as I normally see him. Like he just kind of looked like he was a little, a little uh, not his normal self. I did not. I did not sense that at all. I, I will tell you. I came away so happy and proud and all that stuff. Like not only for Bama, but honestly, like Stetson Bennett and, and, and I, I genuinely kind of like, that was the first time I have ever watched a, a Bama team, a Bama game where I caught myself. I didn't realize I was doing it. I caught myself clapping and smiling, watching the celebration from the other quarterback that beat us. Mm-hmm. I've never done that after a loss in a national championship game, especially I just, I mean, I don't know if it's cause I'm getting older. I don't know if it's because I, I had I had zero real confidence that we were going to win that game. Like part of me felt like, you know, I, I did think they were gonna lose by 14 in Atlanta and they fucking smoked them. So mm-hmm. maybe like don't doubt save and all that kind of stuff. But then you look at, you know, Mechie's out the injuries on the offensive line, both corner, both starting cornerbacks are out. So you're starting, a third string redshirt junior and a, and a, and a true freshman second string guy. 
And we'll get to all that in a minute because I can already tell Georgia fans are probably going to be upset with me even mentioning injuries. But I just – I had zero expectations of winning that game. And it was awesome. It was a, it was a really good game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, it starts off in, in the most insane way possible. My God. <laughs> so like you're just sitting in sitting down to tune into this game and the first thing that happens is is you know on the call on the field called a basically a, a scoop and score and you're like okay I, so you you could tell from jump Georgia was fired up that defense was I mean like the game plans that every single coordinator had I thought were 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 great maybe O'Brien like people were upset with that but like just an incredible job from each head coach, each staff, all the players. But Georgia came out and they were fucking hungry, and they were getting after Bryce early. And so I'm sitting there like on my phone, trying to like tweet and do all this stuff and just settle into the game, which never happened. And I just remember like glancing down for a half second. I was like, "That ball's out." That ball, like, and you can't see it. it's like at a massive. And the, and, the, I was like, and the camera guy was like totally confused. Yeah. They didn't even show the guy. They they like they go to Nicobe Dean when he's like in the end zone already, and they right. like a thirty yard play. I just and I immediately thought of this this something I tweeted in the first game of the year in Atlanta. Wow, when I was up in the press box during the Miami game, and it was like Bryce Young is going to be a star, and he, his like escapability, his like you know casualness in the pocket, like he just he's just like unflappable, right? That is going to result in, like you know from time to time in a really frustrating turnover that happened against mm-hmm. A&M having to tell you. And, and then that I thought I was like, Oh my God. And just like, not a worst possible start, not a worst possible start. If, if you're, if you get the ball first and you're down seven, nothing. Yeah. Right. So then obviously they review it. And here's the thing. I actually thought it was a, it was a decent call. Um, Say that again. Say like that again uh, in terms everybody. of when they like, so I saw a lot of people complaining, and I was I was running the Twitter account for our uh, podcast last night, and had dogs fans in the mentions saying, you know, like, well, here we go again. Of course, you know, yeah, here we go again. These refs, and and you know, if anything, it was intentional grounding. James Williams was standing right there. Yeah. So I mean, he was right there, and he definitely was coming forward. I thought it was actually a pretty easy call, and they reversed the call, so it was very clear evidence that. They didn't have a fumble. I just thought, I, I just really thought, interestingly enough, I thought that the, um, the refs did a decent job. I, all think, I know there were a lot of whole game people that were angry. Call. But even the Stetson fumble. I mean, I, I thought that was a clear fumble. I, we don't want to get, we don't yeah, want to start with just that, because, but you're yeah, right. And like, spoiler alert, like, you know, I was saying, I, Candler was, was texting me throughout the game and I love Candler to death, man. But I was like, like I will say the amount of penalties that Georgia had called on them was egregiously more than, than Bama's. Yep. But I don't know if I have, if I saw anything that was like a missed call or like a review that was like, like obviously going one way or the other. I mean, you had in the first quarter, I think during the fucking fumble, wasn't Georgia offsides. Like three plays later, they get a face mask on Brian Robinson right in front of the the guy with the down marker. It never calls it like that, you know. And we're not gonna get. I'm not 
this is not why Bama lost or anything like that. I, I don't think it, it was probably called both ways. So I'm not complaining saying it, it was, you know, just a disadvantage of Bama, but Jesus fucking Christ, Christian Harris, they, they held Christian Harris. Like my fucking ex is old, like a grudge against me. It was inc- like every, every play, every play. And he still had three sacks. Yeah, I mean that's gonna happen from game to game, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt. And, and I'm sure it was on both ways. Yeah, I don't think there was refereeing that was poor in one area uh, t- towards one team or, or another. Um, but anyway, Bama. So Bama, they reverse it. Bama goes down on the field. You're, you know, again, you log into Twitter. Georgia fans are like, of course, of course, you know, they get away with this. They're gonna go score a touchdown. And then what happened uh, was what was happening all night with the defense was they locked down the red zone. And, all season, um, yeah. And they just, every time Bama threatened, and they got down there, let's just say across the 40, not even in the red zone, but into Georgia territory a lot of times and did not come away with a lot of points. Um, yeah. So Bama kicked the field goal. They go to the... Honestly, one of the biggest moments of the game happened on the next drive when Stetson drops the ball on the long scramble. And, like, okay, hypothetically, the game might be over, honestly. Honestly, if Bama gets the, 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 the ball, that was on what, like the 20? Are you See, in the I wouldn't zone? say that just strictly because of what your last sentence was, which is like, oh, yeah, they may have just stopped it and gone down really six. Good. But, I mean, you know, there was. It, like that that's a perfect it's a perfect point to bring up because that started what we all saw in real time was just this like this this incredible progression throughout the game of Stetson Bennett like it, I think it was like almost a, a metaphor for how he's been throughout his whole career just like really confident in himself but but doesn't always feel like yeah I don't know if everyone else around him is confident and like sometimes makes some mistakes but like the moment never felt like it was too, too big for him. But when that ball came out of his hand, I was like, oh boy, this could get ugly quick. Because that defense, especially in the first half, they played, they held Georgia the lowest uh, scoring total, I think, in, the, in any first half they've had all season. Um, Georgia held Bama to their second lowest uh, first half total in the last like two or four years, something like that. But Bama's front seven was was playing probably the best football I've seen a Bama defense play since 2016. And then Georgia was doing the same thing. I, I, it was a nine, six first half. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And I thought at the beginning of that game, Stetson, you know, clearly with the, the dropped ball and then just that there was a delay of game in there. I just thought he looked uncomfortable and that was because Bama's defense was uh, Will Anderson jump. It looks like he jumps off sides every play. Like his the best defensive line I've ever seen. His anticipation and like get off is the, just ridiculous. He will be. I think he'll be. You know, between him and Bryce next year, I'll be interested to see who's the number one pick. It's going to be between I, those two guys. McShay already said that those are those two guys would. There's like one A and one B. I don't know how you don't choose Will Anderson. You know, like I, I just and and obviously we're not trying to take away from from Georgia, but talking about the first half specifically, it was it was. I don't, it wasn't dominated by Bama, but it was one of those games where I looked up at halftime and I was really frustrated because it felt like we were dominating. Like the defense was playing really, really well. We had gotten a lot of calls to help us like 
you know, in key, not key moments, but like, mm-hmm. you know, there were, there were beneficial to us. There, there was Stetson hadn't gotten going. Brock Bowers wasn't doing anything. We, at that, at that time we had kind of stopped the run game. Yeah. So you looked really good. And then, and then you look up though at halftime and it's nine to six. And then you start thinking Georgia about gets the ball back at the half. And, and they, I mean, they ran, they got in Bryce's face all night. Just what all night. Your- what was your opinion on uh, Saban's uh, clock management there at the end of the half? What do you mean? Well, he um, basically had all three timeouts, and Georgia went three and out, but he never called a timeout. I don't know if you I, remember I mean, that. It's probably hard to remember in the, in the throws of the game, but a lot was, of people I were talking about it on Twitter. To the half. I, I felt like yeah. emotionally I wanted to get to the half because I, because I was worried a little bit too that like – you know, we scored 24 in the first in the second quarter in Atlanta. Um, Bama missed several opportunities, and, and, and also that's Jamison Williams goes down in the second quarter. And, and that moment for me was, you know, kind of like throw your hands up and just be like, What the fuck else could happen? Like, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. it's not like Bama never gets a break, but you know, and every team has injuries. But losing Jamison Williams in that moment was I, – I didn't want to say that it was over, but I was absolutely fucking shocked and thrilled that we were even still in it in the fourth quarter with him gone. Because yeah. – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I, I, I was texting some Georgia buddies about the game, and when he went down, my, my message was – I. I hate to say this because it's he, this kid's in the moment, in the middle of a moment of being like probably tearing his ACL. It looks like, but yeah. that makes it very difficult for for Bama from here on out because they don't have another. I did. I talked about it in the preview when Mechie went down. It already changed so much about the offense. Now your two top guys are out. You don't have other playmakers, and whether it's um, reliable playmakers, because obviously exactly. Hall was able to get deep and get open, but my man just can't catch the ball. So, and we'll get into some of his shit later because that was really frustrating uh, considering that kid. That kid was like, you know, MVP of the spring game, made just a highlight real catch, Sports Center top 10 type shit, and then spent the entire season very publicly, like, subtweeting at the team. Talking about entering the transfer yep. portal, just like a really negative Deleting attitude. Deleting tweets. He was like even doing shit in his own classes, like where you could like type stuff into like a virtual like classroom, but you could make it like anonymous. He was like putting his name and number. It was like, like but regardless, he finally gets his chance. And, and that that for me in the first half, especially, was what is what lost fame of the game. And it was exactly what what I said it, you know after the Florida game, after the A&M game, all throughout the season. And that was, this team does not do the little things right consistently to win games. Latou dropped a touchdown pass, and, and I know it was in traffic, but, like, you go up you go up by two scores then. And, and defense is already right after he up. made a good catch, wasn't it? Well, he, he caught, like, a wide-open pass and, and got, yeah, that's right, yeah. you know, hawked down. But, like, I mean, Bryce could have thrown that ball better. And so – that was frustrating. You had, you had a couple of drops like that, but the Jameson thing, I'm glad you brought it up. And and I, Georgia fans have been like, listen, like this isn't saying that, that having your two best playmakers out impacted the game 
isn't an excuse. It's, it's fucking reality. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Bama wins that game. If Jameson isn't out, I, I like our chances after he torched him in Atlanta, but it was like, you know, I, I've, I said it since the beginning of the season, I was worried about the, the receiver depth because they're so young and Mechie's not going to go in your game. And, and then lo and behold, we get into December and Mechie's got over a thousand yards. You know, uh, Jameson Williams has been like one of the best receivers in the country, but like, to anybody that thinks that that was not a big deal and Bama has five stars on the bench and blah, 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 blah. Keep in mind, they just replaced four top 15 NFL draft picks. That receiver. And a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. So you're very, very uh, just wet behind the ears, I guess. Like, you know, at that position. On top of that, you lose Mechie and, and you're left with Jamison. We saw how that worked out in the Cincinnati game. And you're not going to be able to run the football in Georgia consistently. No one is. Right. So that's a very big deal. And, and, and you look at the actual numbers of it. This, this is what blew my mind why people didn't think, you know, it mattered. Mechie and Williams, they, they accounted for combined. They accounted for 60% of Bryce Young's um, passing yards this season, 53% of his completions, and 50% of his touchdowns. Yeah, and Jameson Williams and, led the country in in total play in total receptions over 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and 70 yards. So that was a big deal. Yeah, huge deal. And um, you know, anytime you got guy like Treshawn Holden and and Jai Hall and uh, um, some of those guys that weren't really seeing playing time that are logging significant snaps, you know that things are not going well in a game. Um, so, uh, but Georgia's defense in the red zone, honestly, in the first half was what uh, saved them in this game, in my opinion. Also that catch by George Pickens, like it seemed like Georgia was really down and out and that play was huge. Yeah. Um, and what I was, uh, I was noticing until they were finally able to establish the run in the second half is that. They, Georgia is their success on offense comes off the play action. That's where Stetson Bennett is the best. And when you can't run the ball and you don't force the defense to account for the run really, or have to overplay it and the play action doesn't really work, then you're gonna have to try to get deep. And, and honestly, they could never get deep on, on Bama because Bama was in the backfield all night in the first half. Um, I kind of pulled the stats like, uh, from the first half and it was like, I mean, because you're right. Like they they bottled up everything. They bottled up everything. It was it was a really impressive performance. Um, and as a fan, it it, it very much had a, a vibe of like, just please God, please God, don't get a first down. Please God, you know, be like every single play. It felt like there was so much writing on it. Um, but you're right. And, and real quick on the Pickens thing, incredible job for him to be able to come back and be a factor at all. I know we just talked about Bama losing two players and Georgia fans, the first thing they've said all day and, and, and deservingly so they've had so many injuries that were in players that were out all year. I mean, they, they lost so many offensive weapons and, and I'm not discounting that at all. What I will say is the difference in that and how it impacts somebody is you lost Pickens in the spring, right? Pickens had a 50 yard reception last night because he got healthy and I kept saying this before the, before the game, Georgia was like, oddly enough, getting healthier as the season goes on, which you rarely see. So 
The difference is, it, while it impacts both, Georgia loses these guys early, and so now you're kind of forced into figuring out what your offense is going to be throughout the season and developing these guys and, like, getting young guys. Like, you know, fucking Lad McConkey probably was not going to be a star if you have Arian Smith and Dominic Blaylock and George Pickens in there. But, you know, since he had to be forced into action early, he ends up having a really good season. Losing Mechie and, and Williams and then three other starters – from the start of the postseason on, like from the last three games, is a, is a little bit more of like a scrambling. What do we do now? Feeling, yeah, well, yeah, especially when you lose your best overall playmaker in the middle of the game. Um, so obviously, you go to half. A um, little back and forth there, and the, the the biggest obviously play in the one of the most ridiculous plays that I've seen in quite some time in the moment was the Stetson Bennett fumble. Um, mainly because of how the yes, mainly because of of how the ball ended up with Bama. Like, if you want to call that a fumble recovery, I guess you could, since it technically was. But mommy man was just thought he was just collecting an incomplete pass and just happened to perfectly be in bounds. I like so when that play was called, I was I was shocked. I don't know how you make yeah. that call in that moment. I know Georgia fans were mad. I don't see how you watch that review and don't see it. And mm-hmm. as soon as they, as soon as they said that, I was like, Oh my God, we're going to get the ball because, they, because yeah. it, you didn't, you could not overturn where his foot was. And it was just, wow. However, it would have been called on the field as it would have stayed on the review. So if that had been called an incomplete pass, I think it would have stayed with the review called a fumble on the field. I totally understood. Um, and I, I'm trying to go back to my tweet that I had at that time um, because I had a couple people agreeing with me. Um, I didn't think it was an absurd call by the ref. I, I thought it was a huge call, obviously. Um, but I didn't think it was like people were like losing their shit over it. Like, I mean, not just Georgia fans. Like I, I was just scrolling through my timeline. Like Rich Eisen sitting there. Like how do you, how do you call that? Blah, blah 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 blah. I thought it was perfectly reasonable to think it was a fumble. Like I didn't think it was that egregious. Um, I thought it could have gone either way. What, like I said, whatever was called on the field would have stood on a review. Um, and it just, uh, it was called a fumble. So I, I understood why they kept it as a fumble. Um, so anyways, I, I just, uh, we're having some technical difficulties, but I, I will say that, um, you know, Bama takes over. And of course, I mean, I, I could feel just being an everything else, Georgia fan, like the state of Georgia, like Braves, Hawks, Falcons, like we, everything is always disappointment. And so, um, I, I knew what Georgia fans were feeling in that moment. So yeah, the, the fumble. Um, obviously, Georgia fans sink feeling there. Um, I don't know what were your thoughts. If I'm being honest, I was shocked that the the call was made in that moment. Um, I, it it was the right call. 
and it was incredibly bad luck for Georgia. I mean, like I would have been pissed too. And I, I will say that it was very surprising to me that, that officials continue to insert themselves in these big moments like that. But again, like, I mean, like go back and watch the replays. You, tell me what, what, what they were missing. Like, you know, I, I, cause it, I, it seemed like they, they made the right call. They agree with it in the booth, all that kind of stuff. But going back to before that, I think the reason why Georgia fans were so, I guess, like frustrated with that was because it felt like, again, here we go again. They still hadn't really got any consistency going outside that, that big James Cook run. And it kind of felt like they had found their scapegoat. It was not only Stetson sucked, because they were hearing that all game, but it was also that this bullshit call and the refs were biased, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, I mean, I get it, man. I get it. 41 years of frustration. You guys have had your heart broken so many times. But Jesus Christ, like, let the fucking game play. Yeah, well, I I, I could kind of see where where Georgia fans would just I mean that I was rooting for as as a a neutral participant of the game. Um I was rooting for Georgia to win so would not um, become the narrative of the entire game. Yeah, so honestly like that's a really good point. You know, like I wanted Bama to win, but I said this to Jeff today. I was like if if Bama won that and it was and that was the last point scored, yeah. Then today would have been a fucking nightmare to deal with because, yeah. you know, and maybe, maybe it's like, like, you know, finally some, some good juju or karma went their way. Cause it was a very unlucky play, but, but I tell you what, like as a Bama fan watching this and, and I was just fielding minimum eight different Georgia fans texting me and I, and I appreciate it. I loved it, but all saying the same thing, just like, you know, doom and gloom, you know, sky is falling and I've been there. But what I was watching, especially in the third quarter, was after that halftime, Georgia came out and started doing everything we saw them do for 12 straight games in the regular season. And that was execute at a championship level, force their opponent into making mistakes and, and bottle them up to where they have ve like very, very little success on anything they do. And and like it just I kept getting tighter and tighter as the as the game wore on to the point where we go to the fourth quarter and I remember right before that James Cook run, I was like, we have been dominating their, their offense for, I feel like we have no momentum. They, they, they pinned us deep and like, you know, that punt, like they just started to do all the things they'd done all years. It was impressive to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's what, when Georgia made the O-line change, you know, they, they changed a couple of things around, they were able to establish um, dominance on the line of scrimmage on offense for the first mm -hmm. time in the game. James Cook broke off. Um, you know, all the backs really started seeing some success. And um, it opened things up. And it opened things up for the play action and for Stetson to be, have some time to go deep. And Georgia comes right back down. Um, just I, so I, I kind of disagree with that. Only because of the fact that, like, I, I, think, I think the like the feather in the cap or like the, the gold star from that whole thing goes to Munkin and Kirby and Stetson. Mm -hmm. Because like you talk about them, the O-line giving them a, a time to throw that the drive. So when Bama scored after that fumble, I mean, 
Georgia comes back on that drive to to score the ultimate, you know, go ahead touchdown. But that was on the heels of that fumble and like in a play, to be honest, where again, Georgia fans had a thousand percent found their, their, their goat. And, and they were, they were ready to go put all the fucking blame on the loss, the season, all that shit strictly on the shoulders of, of, of sets embedded. Mm-hmm. So for them to come out and, and call like, you know, so like they start going deep, like they hadn't run those plays all game and they came out and I, I honestly, man. So in the 2017 national championship game, I remember when Tua came in, we're down 13. Oh, he, he gets this drive. He goes down the field. We score. It's 13, 70. You start feeling good. What people forget about that is the very next drive. Bama had Georgia like third and 11 and Kirby called a fucking bomb with a true freshman quarterback and Jake Fromm to Miko Hardman on, on one of Bama's best defensive backs. And it was an 80 yard touchdown. Like the, the people will get on the Kirby about being too aggressive or, you know, not being a good in-game manager, but I fucking loved the confidence he and Todd Munkin had in their quarterback and in their game plan and in their team when something that like big of a catastrophe happens and they could have just done what all the fans did. And that's just kind of what was me and given up and instead Stetson Bennett came out and made his fucking legacy. Uh, you're absolutely right. And, and I said in the preview, the way you beat Bama's defense in traditional years and especially this year is they're going to force you into low percentage plays, mm-hmm. which is passes like good luck connecting on, on those consistently all game to beat us. And that was Bama secondary due mostly to injury, but um, there are also, you know, some personnel back there isn't up to the, I think the Bama standard that we're used to. And part of it was injury. Secondary. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're missing starters. Yeah. Um, but Stetson hits the bomb to, to Mitchell. And I mean, just an incredible play by Mitchell. First of all, I mean, we saw that kid in the spring game. We knew that kid was gonna be special. he, he, he makes group, the play. The yeah. Um, but Stetson put it right there for him, and it just totally changed the way that everything happened for Georgia from there on out. It was honestly like I'm a diehard Alabama fan. I, I have, it is not a secret that I have not been a, a, a fan of Georgia for a long time, not because I don't like the fans or Athens, or whatever. I just had a terrible first stepdad, guys. That's how white trash I am. My first stepdad was a huge Georgia fan. He was the fucking worst. But that being said, it's hard for me even now to to think about that moment and not get like fucking jacked up mm-hmm. and excited for for what happened, even though it beat my team. Like, mm-hmm. what a fucking moment, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought from there, Stetson obviously played well. You, you Brock Bowers, you knew would be involved at some point. Um he scores the TD as well. The, obviously, the pick six. I mean, talk hold about. On, hold on, real quick, real quick. So, so you go, you go in there. Bama scores. They finally get in the fucking end zone, right? Yep. Georgia comes back, and there's like eight minutes left. And and you think about it too. This is the second time this season where Bama's been in just a dogfight where they, they're they're you know trying to come back from behind and they're covered behind, and and like probably have no business being in that game, and somehow. Off of sheer like sheer luck, they take a lead late in the fourth. A and M they did it after being down by like twenty or whatever, and they, they scored because nobody guarded Jameson Williams on the goal line. 
this time around, you get the fumble call and they somehow score. Like after that moment, that next drive, four plays, 75 yards in two minutes. Zach Calzada, six plays, 65 yards in, in two and a half minutes. So that's twice this season where Bama had a chance to put their opponent away, like regardless of injuries or whatever else. And they, and they weren't able to do it. And that's credit to every single one of those players on Georgia's team because, man, like everybody gave up on them, I think, with themselves. Yeah, and and their defense held them in it all game. Their defense, to me, was the big story of the game. They rose to the occasion after getting pretty much shredded the first game. Um, they they allowed under 400 yards on 85 plays, which is pretty damn good. That's stupid, yeah. Um, red zone defense was incredible. Bryce Young had three 369 yards through the air, but that was on 57 attempts. I mean, a lot of throws to get to that amount of yardage. Um, now he could have had a lot more. I thought Bryce was totally fine in this game. I mean, he faced more pressure than he did in the first game, obviously, but his receivers did not help him out at all. I, mean, I gotta he, know how many drops they had. He, I can't find it. He was threading the needle on some of those like that. Everyone's gonna remember the hall play, uh, which was a ridiculous throw, but even the, the long play to, um, Jordan Jordan Brooks, Brooks, the one, the one hander, yeah, like uh, perfect, perfect throw. Um, so, you know, I know you you kind of wanted to talk about, like, the narrative that was out there that, you know, maybe you shouldn't win the Heisman, which I, mean, we could, I, I think that's, that's a that small, sec- yeah, some small subsection of people. No, but I, I'll say this, too. It's it's like I thought Bryce was going to have to throw 60 times in, in the first time around. And that's that was my prediction about, like, the only way Bama could win that game. It's like you're right. Georgia's defense was great. I was still shocked that Bama found even any remote success they for you know part of the second and third quarter brian robinson got going mm-hmm. and, and you know like but the, but the difference between these two teams and again i know bama has injuries and all that kind of stuff you look at like at the way they close out these games i mean again bama had every opportunity to win this game it, like georgia had more penalties they had more costly penalties but like they just kept on fighting and kept on fighting. And I tell you what, you look at like what they did to close out the game. Setson Bennett didn't miss a, a pass after, after that fumble, he scores two touchdowns, covered his prop bet. It was fantastic. Um, you know, and, and then you do like, I what I was saying earlier in the year is Georgia will force you into, as soon as you make an error, you better not fucking be behind. Because if you are and they force you to make an error and then now they go up on you again, it's fucking over. And I don't care if it's the fourth quarter or the first quarter. That defense was – was they played that way all year. So when Bryce was – I mean, it had a very real feeling that we were hanging on by a thread for a lot of that, that second half. But that was because of the adjustments they had made mm-hmm. and, and the D-line and all that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, and I thought um... – People were talking a lot through the game about how they were frustrated that that Munkin abandoned the run. And as soon as they got, and and look, they weren't getting anything, and they couldn't run in the first game either. So I could understand no. why they were a little more pass heavy. But, um, yeah, I was a little confused why they weren't feeding James Cook more. I mean, you know, and, and James Cook now in his last fifteen games for his Power Five opponents, he has thirteen touchdowns. So, I mean, he's been a big part of what they've been doing. He was big against Michigan. I thought they should have used him earlier uh, than they did and more than they did. 
but um, just an incredible effort there in the second half from Georgia. And then obviously, you know, the big play at the end is it, it almost just felt like a, a coronation for Georgia uh, and the season that they had. Yeah, um, that was awkward for me for a lot of reasons. One, because the alternate line bet that I fucking canceled right before kickoff. Also, the stream froze when he was at the five-yard line, and I, I went back to unhealthy Chris and sat there and stared at it for two minutes, like just hoping he didn't get in the end zone somehow. Um, but no, I mean, like, like would Georgia, Georgia turned like that game around on that one drive, forced a three and out. And I'll tell you another thing, too. Bama had a lot of drops, but Georgia's secondary was incredible. They switched to like just pure man, like instead of like the zone they played in, in the first game. I mean, they were incredible. They were incredible. And, and, I, and I'll say that, like, you know, I don't know what else Bryce Young could do in that in that game just because of the the weapons he had and, and who he was missing and just the lack of help he was getting. Um, but but you brought up like James Cook, you know, not getting enough touches. One of the things that I was uh, like just kind of blown away by, honestly, for for Georgia, and it was something I was really concerned about at the start of the year. That's that if you're Todd Munkin, how do you get all of that offensive talent enough touches to where everybody's happy and you still have a consistent game plan? And, and like, you, I mean, think about that, right? Like, and then on top of that, JT Daniels ends up going out. Stetson Bennett comes in as the backup. Now he's in the starting role and it would have made a total sense for him to kind of find a crutch, like, you know, find a safety net, like do what Jalen Hurts did in, in, you know, his freshman year, like fucking find one target and, and highlight that guy double than anyone or more than anyone else. But in the last five games that the Georgia had, they had five different backs with at least one carry in each game. They had nine different players with at least one reception in all five games. And, and to put that in comparison to like a, a team like Bama, Bama had one game in their last five where they had more than two players with a rushing attempt. The depth they had, the ability they had to, to keep guys fresh and make it all work, and sets and Bennett to spread the ball around is fucking incredible. So Georgia gets the dub, finally. A uh, couple interesting things here I, I saw um, in the na- in the last three national championship games, five star quarterbacks are zero and three. They were all either the number one or number two overall player in their class. Okay, but to be fair, they were beaten by number one overall pick, first round draft pick, and Setson Bennett. <laughs> so, and that was another thing too that was kind of cracking me up with Georgia fans because it, it was almost like they were. I, I, they deserve to talk shit. Like, absolutely. It's been, it's been a long, fuck, it's been 14 years since, since they beat Bama. And like, they deserved, I was, I was honestly impressed at how well they handled that win. And like the emotions and like relatable emotions I saw from Georgia fans. And I think if that game hadn't played out to where it was like a dramatic comeback, it probably wouldn't have been that way. But to say Stetson Bennett, you, you brought up the sad, right? I did a deep dive on this this weekend. Five star, like the last 15 quarterbacks to win a national championship. Okay. These are, these are actual numbers. Seven were five stars. Four were three stars. Four were four stars. 11 became first round draft picks. Uh, six were drafted number one overall. I think like seven or, or eight of them were, were ranked in the top 100. 
basically all of these, these players were, were on average, not just like big recruits, but elite, elite recruits. I mean, even Matt Flynn, like that's a top 200 recruit. And you look at where they were ranked overall, like in the country. And you look at where they were ranked at their position. Only four, three stars have won a national championship in the last 15 years. And three of them are from Bama, but the lowest ranked, uh, three-star players were ranked 18th overall at their position. So it was the, like Mac Jones was the 18th ranked quarterback as the lowest of any national championship quarterback. And Jacob Coker was the 511th ranked player of the country. Those were the two lowest before, before Monday night. Stetson Bennett was a two-star recruit that was ranked the 104th best quarterback in the country and the 2,569th best player overall. And that kid just took like 41 years of fucking misery off of that entire fan base's back. It was awesome, man. And I still heard Georgia fans after the game saying, yeah, thank you for the championship, but we hope we have someone different next year. Oh, my God. That is the dumbest shit ever, man. Like, it it blows my mind, too, because the whole whole thing where you're arguing you got beat by a walk-on, like, sure, he's he's also beat out two five-stars all season and also did last year too. So it's kind of like a discredit to him. And at the same time, like it's like the dumbest shit with that same thing. You got five star receivers everywhere. Okay. Well, they were playing against what you were calling. And I was even calling the greatest defense in college football history, a fucking calendar month ago. Like, what are we talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Stetson's stats in the playoffs this year, 67% passing, 534 yards, five touchdowns, zero picks. Zero picks. Good. Zero INTs. Kirby Smart, first coach since Philip Fulmer in 98 to win a national title at their alma mater. He's the first coach since Bob Stoops at Oklahoma to play in multiple national title games in their first five years as a head coach. Uh, and, Kirby Smart in the same conference as Saban. Kirby Smart has finished in the top seven of the AP poll in five straight years. Nick Saban's streak is currently two. Look at Kirby coming in there. So Connor actually did an article on this, and I I, I put a little graphic together. Jesse Jordan Rogers brought it up last night on air. But like we, I mean, it's so easy to pick on Kirby, and I've done it. Just you know, low hanging fruit type stuff. The comparison to Rick was so dumb. It, like it was, yeah. I tell you what, man, like I, I've not been a huge fan of his and I can tell you with knowledge that, that neither was Saban and some of those other coaches that worked with him just because of the way he left. But when they met at midfield last night, I just, if maybe I just was over romanticizing the moment or what, but like, it was really cool for like, you know, kind of knowing that so many of our friends who've never got to experience the stuff that we've got to experience. Mm-hmm. success, good looks, um, endless amounts of fortune. No, but like yeah. watching their team win a national championship, that was Bama's ninth national championship game in 13 years, Dumb. which is insane. Yeah. But like, being able to see that all unfold and then they get to the, the you know, 50 yard line and it, it has been a little bit tension filled after most of those games because Usually Kirby has blown a lead or something dramatic has happened, but to watch them, Saban looked like he was just genuinely proud of his, of his protege 
Mm-hmm. And and the way they they like kind of like talk to each other, it just made me feel really good, man. Like it, it, Kirby immediately asked about Jameson Williams, even referenced Jameson Williams' injury in the in the press conference. And the only reason I bring that up is because it felt like kind of how I felt throughout most of the game was just the amount of respect that I gained, or I already had, but also gained for them throughout that entire game was was a I mean it was a lot, you know. It was it, yeah. it felt like it was just like. Fuck, I would watch that again tomorrow. Right. Um, Kirby, he's been the head coach now for six seasons at Georgia. He's won the Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl, and the National Championship. And the fucking Belt Bowl, baby. Um, and look, he's starting to build his own little coaching tree under him, like like, like his uh, predecessor there. So Mel Tucker, Sam Pittman, Shane Beamer, Dane Lanning. Pretty interesting to see where this will head. Um, we got a ton of voicemails, ton of voicemails. Last thing I want to say real quick about that, about that. I gave him shit for it, but Kirby did. He was able to close it out and do it his way. He was able to do it with a lot of adversity. He was able to do it with like a lot of doubt from the fan base with the JT Daniel situation, but having a, a D coordinator that's on the way out getting torched after, you know, like in, in Atlanta, you brought up the running back situation. Their running backs average like 3.4 yards a carry in, in Atlanta. They averaged 7.9 last night. They were they did everything that you've seen dominant teams do that won a national championship. So my question to you is, once I saw Georgia start leaning on Bama to close out that game, and even though Bama had Will Anderson and all that kind of shit, there's nothing they could do. Where does this Georgia season and or team rank in your eyes in, in the last 10 national champions? Um, like in the season, the season would be different than the team itself, right? Yeah, the, yeah, you're right. Because this for, for a, as far as a season is concerned, I mean, it's definitely the best defense I've watched probably. But... I think given the fact that the offense was was good, I think it was a top 10 national scoring offense, but I didn't look at them and and look and think wow, like domination on offense, you know. Or you're not both ranks of the top 5 in offense and defense. But like did you ever get the sense that Georgia's offense was just unstoppable? I mean, like I, you know, when I think of dominant teams, I don't look at that offense and think like wow, just pure domination through the year. I did. I honestly did, except for when they played Bama. I mean, just just be, and I think that that Bama defense was a really, really good defense. And you know, so I, I, I just, I thought that it was one of those things that we were. It's like fucking Nickelback. We were never going to say at any point. You know what? I was wrong. Stetson Bennett is is an elite quarterback, and all these white kids that Georgia's trotting out here, not the five star George Pickens or anyone else that's injured. Like people were not able to separate what their eyes were seeing from like like logic. I feel like, yeah, could be. Um, I would say the season, given that they did have the blowout loss, you can't consider them one of the having one of the greatest seasons of all time. Um, now that being said, defensively, I think it probably was the best I've seen in the last decade, no doubt. Um, but I'd have them up there, you know, if there's 10 teams, well, there's 10, 10 different teams didn't win, obviously. Um, 
Yeah, yeah he's the upper here. half of teams. Well, I mean, but it was, I guess, programs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd put them in the top half for sure, but I wouldn't say that they were one, two, or three. That's fair. I think that um, it was a cool season. I, it, it was definitely marred by the trip to Atlanta. And I was kind of surprised too, because I remember saying in Atlanta to several of them, was like, everything is still in front of you. You've got like all your goals still in front of you. The adjustments they made, man, the deep, they, they tried to get in shape, which I thought was kind of stupid. I would have been so fucking pissed. Jordan Davis was talking about how they had to like, they started doing like more conditioning. Like, bro, we're not going to like fucking you know, move mountains in three weeks. But the fact that like Bryce Young in game one had, I think it was 9.8 yards per attempt or something like that. And in last night he had 6.5, four sacks. I mean, they, they did everything. They did everything that, that people were shocked. I guess they didn't do it around one. And, and really you take away that one Bama loss. And again, they're losing to the greatest coach of all time in the middle of the greatest dynasty of all time. Like, I'm not saying it to brag. I'm saying like, cut them some fucking slack. Right, right. Because outside of that, that's where I wonder what this where this team would rank. I don't think they beat 2019 LSU, 2018 Clemson, Bama last year. They definitely beat 2015 Bama, probably 2016 Clemson. Yeah, they're definitely in the top half. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, okay, do we want to get to the voicemails? Because there's a lot of them. Yeah, I'll be quiet. All right, you got to let me um, share screens. Yeah. And then we'll get into this. Um, we got a couple. I mean, well, there's there's plenty. We're gonna have to probably cut this down a bit. Um, we got a couple pregame, couple middle of the game, um, and then most were after the game. Um, I, I haven't listened to them yet, but I I haven't had that many outbursts. Okay, let's see. I think we're ready to roll. We appreciate you guys calling in. Um, a lot of you did. There's a ton here. Let's get to it. Hey, Huck. Uncle Chris. Just a guy the beard dog here. Trying to make sure I get in about three hours before kickoff. Brown liquor hasn't started flowing yet, but it's coming. Uh, whether it be to get hyped up or to drown my sorrows. Uh, called back after the championship game, and I said that that my dogs were never going to win anything as long as Daddy Saban was over there at Alabama. I backed off of that. Dogs win tonight. What I think is going to happen, it's going to be a close game, but dogs are going to pull it out 35-28. What I want to happen, overtime game, Georgia wins it on a walk-off, jackpot kick, and wins it 41, Alabama's favorite number against Georgia, 41-38. That's my prediction. I'm sure you guys might be hearing from me again after the game. We'll see what happens. Let's fucking go, dogs. Have a good one. Listen, I love that guy. I love all of our listeners, but that guy is fucking sick. He wanted to go to overtime. Yeah, that is the most confident and and oh man, I can't relate to that. But that was that was awesome. He was so happy. Here's one that uh, this this listener may regret mid game. Now, hi, my name is Luke Parsons, and my entire issue with Kirby Smart gets this minute out of the game. The boy cannot throw to save his life. Georgia is going to lose the football game, but 
because of him, and it's driving me bonkers. Anyway, uh, I hope you have a blessed day. God bless you. Amen, and goodbye. That is a Birmingham area code number, though. I wonder if that was real. Yeah, you, you don't. I was at 1017. I'm sure we can figure out who it is um, if we tried hard enough. But uh, the rest of these are from after the game. Are you ready, Chris? That's some of them are? Yeah. Oh, God. Here we go. I mean, there's got to be at least one. Uncle Chris, I got to tell you, I told you right after Atlanta, I DM'd you and said that we'd see you on the 10th. And I just got to say, I'm in tears right now. 41 years, and it's over. How about them fucking dogs? Ain't nothing finer in the land. I thought that was uh, reasonable. That guy, man, he's crying. What? A- no, I'm kidding. That's that's awesome. That's, like, I feel like it's gonna be hard to offend me with these. I, there's not. I went through them all already. I don't think there's any that are offensive. But really? Hey, hey, uh, Tyler, Chris, I appreciate everything y'all do throughout the year. I just want to say congratulations. By the way, this guy is hammered. <laughs> this Kyle Mooney. I don't know who this is. Let me start it back over. This guy is is definitely hammered. Everything I'll do throughout the year, I just want to say congratulations to uh, uh, UGA National Champions. Um, throughout the year, we've had to he- deal with a lot of insults. Um, I appreciate everything y'all do throughout the year. And I will say that uh, <laughs> we've had to deal with a whole lot of uh, insults throughout the year. Um, so I just wanted to say for 2022, we will uh, be making everyone feel the full congratulations for the 2022. Should I? Should I okay, hold on. Hot take. Hot take. I don't think he's drunk at all. I think he's just so excited. You think? Maybe. Uh, also, and this is this has been it's, all of it's these a, are at 12 a.m. or later. It's expect. It was expected regardless. Yeah, but like. Sir, but who was who was insulting them all season? Like who they had to go, they had to hear a lot of insults. They were ranked number one in the country for the entire year. They were favored for Bama twice. National champions, and for everything that encompasses, and every single bragging right that could possibly be imagined. Um, and uh, just want to say, I appreciate everything y'all do throughout the show. And that we will be making y'all feel the pain of us uh, um, uh, winning this uh, national championship. I appreciate everything y'all do. Have a great day. Bye. My man went back and forth from like complimenting us to being like, but we will brag. That was like a like a carnival roller coaster. It was like I felt safe at some points of it, but then also very very dangerous. (laughs) All right, here we go. Marler, the hut. Mitch from Georgia. I am uh, I'm coming down. I've just consumed virtually all the alcohol in my house over the past several hours. And um, I know the inbox is probably going to be full of obnoxious Georgia fans, so I'm, I'm trying not to be that guy. But I am uh, I'm on top of the mountain, man. It has been uh a tough season, not not necessarily for Georgia but for me. And uh in the words of Kevin Malone, it's just nice to win one. That's so I dog, love that. Love you boys, appreciate you. And uh I've loved listening to the pod this season. 
I like I have goosebumps right now. I I mean I I'm either just becoming a massive, massive pussy that like Chris from five years ago would have hated or even two years ago. But I'm like, I'm, I'm like filled with so much joy, like from these fans and what's happened over the year that like that guy just said he loved us and he included Kevin Malone. That was amazing. Yep. Yeah. No, that was, I, I like that one a lot. Seahawk and Chris, my boy, Marler and Carter, I'm not going to bark. But holy smokes, I'm so excited. My girlfriend can't understand the happiness that I'm having. But either way, good game. I am drinking a St. Archer IPA brought to you by San Diego IPA Works and just great beers here on the West Coast. And these 1980 jokes can go to bed and they can die. And I'm happy about that. No chicken shit about it. Go dogs, baby. Let's go. Sorry about that. So Sorry two things that. I like about this. Okay. Um, I know exactly what he means when he's like, my girlfriend can't understand the happiness that I'm having right now. Because women can't actually no. ever nope. love you back. Nope, you're yeah. saying that. Okay, that's um, right. Like when, when Florida State won or when the Braves won, especially um, – I'd say four to six because we had gone through when I was in school, we were just as bad, maybe not as bad, but pretty bad yeah. like we are right now. And to, to get over the hump and win, like there, there's someone who isn't a fan of that school can't really understand the amount of happiness that goes through you. Second of all, I kind of like that this guy might start a trend here where he told us what he's drinking. Yeah. So, I mean, I like that. I kind of want people to call in and tell us what they're drinking. You have you never watched any of the Facebook lives I do for like five years? First question is always where are you from? What you drinking? I love that. Love it. I think we need to start doing that more. Okay. Take notes, everybody. All right. Here's a a, a non Georgia or non Alabama fan. Well, this Jason, the Florida resident. I will say this. It was a great game. Georgia, congratulations on the win. I have no shit to talk about. Your 42-year, 41, 42-year drought is now over. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I hope I celebrate until you can't celebrate no more as a person that lives in Atlanta. <sighs> shit. This shit's going to be funny. I can say that. But, uh yeah, enjoy it. Have a great one. Again, I'm the Florida resident. Again, Georgia, congratulations. This is the last time I'm going to say this shit. <laughs> I'm out. It's a little Florida love for the dogs. I, this guy, I, that guy a thousand percent at some point in his life has woken up at 430 for like a week straight to work out because he, he's just big punisher, like big on punishing himself. <laughs> I didn't believe what he was saying, but I loved it. Um, I like this one as well. A lot of a lot of bubbliness here in this one. Hey, Tyler and Chris. Um, this is Whitney um, from Madison, Georgia. Hey, Whitney. Um, faithful listener to the podcast. First time caller. Um, obviously calling from Georgia. I am a Georgia fan, and I just wanted to call and say how excited I am, not 
talking any crap, um, not rubbing any noses in the dirt or anything, but just so happy. Moved here in 2003 and have been a fan ever since the first Saturday of football. And you nailed that move. is one of the best nights of my life. Uh, my husband and I are so excited that I might have given him a bloody nose. <laughs> but it's all worth it. We love it. Go dogs! It's finally time. And go Stetson Bennett. Go Nicobe Dean. Go Kirby Smart. Go dogs! Love it. That was the honestly the the sweetest sounding domestic violence story no, I've ever heard. No, no, no. No, she was great. That was awesome. Yeah, also, I love was Madison, great. Georgia. Great exit. Yep. Um. Let's see. Wait, hold on, real quick, because I just saw this yeah. in the notes. Before we end the show, we definitely need to talk about that fucking mega cast with Jimbo and the and the A and M. Oh, staff. I, I watched the entire thing. You're an idiot. Why? <laughs> I I I, I kind of like it. I mean, I, I thought it was weird that it was all the same staff, kind of, but I like to see how they interact as a staff. Um, I didn't and see look, a smile in three hours. Yeah, <laughs> Jimbo. Uh, I do miss you know hearing him talk about football because he he's definitely right. is a big football guy. Yeah. Um, go back. Here you go. This one's for you. Oh uh, yes, this message is for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. See, I don't have a problem with the barking. I just I just don't. I wouldn't do it in a restaurant. Oh man, we got so many left. What do we do? Let's hear from some Bama folks. Dude, no, fucking play them. Play them. All right, we'll play them all. We'll play them all. Let them have their moment. Hey, T-Hook, Uncle Chris. It is Carson, your resident Aggie fan. Call him back in after watching that national championship. And Chris, no tears. No tears, please, Chris. Do not cry. Do not cry, Chris. But, man, that was, that was an enjoyable game to watch. I mean, I, shout out to all the Georgia fans. Uh, I hope y'all are savoring this one in because Lord knows Bama won it last year and we'll be back again, you know, next year. So, you know, Nick Saban is Nick Saban. Still the GOAT, but, it, you know, that was a good game to watch. And also, did anybody watch it? I have two TVs, so I watched it with the ESPN2, which had the entire coaches' room of Texas A&M, including Jimbo, just talking the whole time and giving some great in-depth, uh, you know, analysis. So, it was a lot of fun, man. I hope you boys are doing good. And again, Chris, no crying. No crying. Please, Chris, do not cry. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Okay. So here's – I am I think I'm going to – I think I'm overreacting to this. But that message right there, as much as I appreciate it, it's a great listener. First off, great. I only cried out of tears of joy when we won, for one. I don't remember the last time I cried at, like, like being sad about a baby game, but also like that, that right there shows me that we have collectively got to fucking knock a and M off this pedestal next year. They, I don't know. I'm worried about how, like where they could go to like the levels they'll reach if they're already this weird and now they're going to be good and confident anyway. Yeah. Scary. Okay. Re Dyke Marler, baby. It's God, Jesus your buddy. Christ. First off, I want to say I love you, Chris. You're the best band. I was trying to pause the uh, audio. My bad.
Oh, okay. Dyke Marler, baby. It's G-Tone, your buddy. First off, I want to say I love you, Chris. You're the best Bama fan I've ever met, which is not saying much, but I love you. You're a great person, but I don't feel sorry for you one bit or any single Bama fan at all. He texted this me the same This is for day. every single martyr ride that I have had to sit in in Atlanta, sitting there listening to stupid little 18-year-old girls tell me to roll fucking tide. This man this literally accosted me dog in a Marta after the Go game in December. mother effing dogs. We're national champions, baby. You all can eat shit. I don't care if half your team fucking goes down. I really do. That's terrible. Wow. That's James Williams. He's a great player. It sucks for him. I hope he recovers. But guess what, baby? The dogs are national champions, and fuck the tide, baby. Go dogs. That's for all my dogs out there that have had to suffer through all that bullshit. Go dogs. We're national champions. That's Grant. He's a lawyer um, and a father of two. So... Also, the did you catch the the beginning when he said Redike? Yes. Do you remember the 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 show Two a Days? Uh, uh, from Hoover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that black defensive end who was named Repeat? And yes. you find out like four episodes in, it's because his dad's name was Pete. <laughs> so my dad's name is Dyke, and he has been calling me Redike for like twelve years. <laughs> I like that. All right, here we go. T-Hot, Chris Marler. Just got done watching the national championship. Georgia, first time winning the national championship since 1980. You guys, not just me, every dog fan out there, we're so happy. We're going to burn shit down. We love you guys. <laughs> Best fucking podcast in the fucking land. Yep. Let's go. Hit Next year. That is. Let's do it. Hell that's right, brother. fucking energy right there. That's amazing. Hell right, brother. Love that shit. Play them all. Play them all. Thanks for listening. Oh, uh, we got a Roll Tide fan here. Hey, guys. T-Hawk, Uncle Chris. This is Robbie. Roll Tide. Uh, game just wrapped up. And I'll tell you what. I, I'm not as upset as I thought I'd be. I mean, like, I, honestly, I'm more happy for Kirby than I am sad about losing. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, Look, Georgia beat us fair and square. You got to give it to them. Was, the rest, I'm not going to lie. Guys, I thought the rest were good uh, this game from the ACC of all places. Um, sucks that J-Mo went out, man. God bless him. He That just sucks for him. I uh, don't know if he's going to the draft, but yeah, he's hope not. he's all good there. But, I mean, hey, Stetson Bennett, man, he, he deserved it, man. He deserved to win. Kirby, God, I'm happy for that guy. He deserved it. Uh, it's kind of funny seeing Saban smile after the game, talking to him on the field. Hey. Um, Marla, I'm really interested in hearing what you uh, what you got to say about this. But hey, man, I'll tell you what, we're gonna be right back there next year. Gonna have the whole team returning, the whole whole Crimson Tide coming coming back for another ride. Um, but uh, and you know what, Georgia's probably not gonna be there. <laughs> I don't want to hear any of this dynasty talk from from Georgia fans, though. It ain't dynasty yet. All right, twenty 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 is ain't your decade yet. All right, you got to make it your decade. Okay, you won one. Bama's going to be back. But, hey, congratulations, Georgia fans out there. Super happy for Kirby and all the, all the dogs. Um, but, hey, roll tide. Roll tide till we die. 
this is like the total opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Like all the Bama fans are kind of like happy for Georgia fans. Well, just like everyone is like, I mean, besides Grant talking about players getting hurt, like Marler, T Hawk. Oh Lord! It finally happened. Uh, the dogs finally got their natty. It's been long enough, and everything happened uh, this year the way it was supposed to. Um, We're in the one a.m. time slot now at this point. I didn't even go to sleep. We had to lose to Alabama in the SEC championship so we could get a chance at them in the national championship. It wouldn't have been right beating anybody else for the national championship the way the past decade has gone. Um, The defense that has been dominant all season long gets called a bunch of frauds um, after the SEC championship. What better way to end it than a pick six as the last touchdown in the game That's a good point. for some redemption? Uh, I, I can't express how happy I am. It finally happened. Waited my whole life. I've never seen one before. Uh, can't wait to listen to this episode of the pod. Appreciate everything y'all do. Go dogs! Thanks for yeah, listening, that, man. That's, that's awesome. Isn't it cool? Like, is is like different as we are as fans? Like. Like there, I will fight with Georgia fans on Twitter all day long, but like then something like this happens and it's like the most relatable feeling and it's, it's cool, man. Where are you going? Go back. Some of these are over two minutes long. Oh, fucking play them. It's it's their moment, Tyler. All righty. All righty. Let's uh, we'll go in order here. Just, yeah, go to the Chris, door. how about them dogs? <laughs> How about them dogs? Now first, seeing Williams go down, I hurt. I hate. I hate. I hate that. I hate that. But it was still a well-fought game. Y'all got some nice talented freshmen. But you know. How about them dogs? <laughs> How about them guys? How about them dogs? How about them dogs? How about them? That was a well-deserved win. All our hard work, all my misery from second and 26, from the Tennessee Hail Mary, from the Auburn Hail Mary. Like, I ain't going to sleep tonight. I'm not. <laughs> Whoo, boy. What a win. What a win. We did it. We did it. And this ain't going to be the first one. Ooh. This ain't going to be the last one. Okay. I see another one, another national championship, one or two in the future. Count them up already. They've been doing that. But, Chris, can I get a? How about them dogs? You know what? How, How about, about them dogs? Them dogs. We are football college national champions. I can't believe it. We got a World Series, and then we got a college World Series. Whew. <laughs> My man had a late night. I'm right now. 
We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. What is it? It's been a long time coming. <laughs> All right, we'll cut it off. No, hold on. I have so many questions with the last sentence. Go, play okay. it. But change going to come. Change going to come. How about some dogs? That was beautiful. Love y'all guys. Love y'all. That was good, man. (laughs) By the way, how about the fact that I didn't realize this until today, that fucking like game-winning touchdown, it was second and 18. Was it? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. T-Hug, I'm Chris. This is Zach. (sighs) Oh, this is one of the greatest days of my entire life, man. I could say the weeping for victory. I was earlier. I had about 15, 20 drinks. And now I'm smoking on that demo pack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, I love you guys. I love this podcast. I love the Facebook group. You know. But let me just say this. It's 2022 from now on, motherfuckers. 2022. All right, 2022. I want to hear no damn 1980. Because it's going to be 1990-something, 2008, and 2020 for you, Chris. So, but I love you guys. Can't wait to listen to more of the podcast. This is the best feeling ever, man. Love it. Also, like, I'm not even making a joke here. Bama, Bama and Bama fans were not even the biggest losers of that game last night. It was 1,000% Florida. Yeah. Bama shouldn't even been in that game. Florida has, they have hung on to that 1980 joke as like an entire personality trait for fucking years. Tough, tough sledding. This one is interesting. Hi. Okay, this is, I, I know who this is. I am a. <laughs> that is a. Um, and I love Chris. And I just wanted to say. Indiana doesn't have any open late night foods, and I'm hungry. Okay, bye. <laughs> what was that? That was a very good friend of mine that um, called the hotline after after the game because she was very upset about uh, there was no fucking food in in Indianapolis. She's she's like pretty well off and well to do, and went to the front desk asking for Taco Bell, and they refused her service. They told her to wait till morning. Mm. Tough. Stacking L's all day. All right. T Hawk! Chris! Motherfucking Marler! By the way, Uncle Chris! This is the guy that called pregame. Is it the same guy? <laughs> yeah, same guy. Oh my God, we got to play these back to back next time. This is your boy, the Beard Dong. Four time caller. Long time listener. <laughs> Look, I said. If the dogs won, they're gonna be classy. I was gonna be classy. Out the window, I was huh? gonna be cool. I was gonna get the big head. Whatever. That still applies, but you're gonna have to give me like seven days. Cause I'm gonna be the biggest motherfucking dog fan <laughs> you ever seen. Look, Matchy was hurt. Jameson got hurt. Your old line was hurt. You know what? Don't care. Dogs won a natty. Where you? Again, I was less than one years old the last time it happened. I love this. My birthday is in 
less than 30 days. All right, February 2, I'll be 42 years old. Kirby and Stetson, motherfucking Ben of the fourth, <laughs> just gave us a natty. You can't tell me ish for the next seven months. I don't care about the injuries. Our brown liquor's been going. I told you after the natty, no matter what, let's it's, fucking go, dogs. So it happens tonight. Let's fucking go, dogs. For life. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, for life. Brock Bowers, for life. Kirby gets the first of many. Let's go. Y'all have a good night. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you in September. Go fucking dogs. I love that Man, energy. I know that I was said at we 2 play, I know I said we should play all of them, but I kind of feel like we should end on that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a couple um, couple more from Bama were from Bama fans and uh and No, but he before we close out and talk about the favorite moments and all that kind of stuff, I I did want to say one more thing to Georgia fans because I realized like a couple times this week that like sometimes, especially with my ADD and how excited I get, like no matter how much I, if I do prepare what I'm trying to say eloquently or whatever, you know, sometimes I get mixed up and I don't always do a good job of, of like, you know, making everyone feel like they, they had an objective fucking, I don't know. Like bottom line is this. I know we talked about the injuries. I, I posted this on Twitter yesterday Georgia fans, I hope that we gave you enough coverage and enough love and, and enough celebration because Tyler said it, and, and we both really mean it, man. I'm shocked that I fucking do. I'm honestly shocked that I do. But I'm happy for you guys, and you guys deserve to enjoy it. You had one of the best seasons you know, in program history. I know that one guy said that they, they had to lose so they could beat him again. Either way, man, just, just an incredible year, an incredible story. And, and I'm really happy for, for honestly, all of our listeners. So that being said, the, the thing about the injuries flat out, I didn't give a single fuck when Colt McCoy went out in 2009. I didn't give a fuck when I don't, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Manti Teo's girlfriend died. I mean, like at all, hope they get better next week. You won the natty. You deserve to win the natty. Enjoy it. Don't let anybody shit on it. It is something you will remember for the rest of your life. And I, I'm, you know, it, it was awesome listening to those, uh, those messages because I, it just, it means like, I know I, I always say this and, and get dramatic at the end of some of these episodes, but like, it means so fucking much that we've in year one, you know, a year ago, man, we, we were like, next what week is like a, our one year anniversary and things were yeah. like, kind of like all this up in the air and, to build like a audience that like feels like we're, we're friends with you guys in this little community. It's fucking great. So we, we appreciate it, man. Yeah. I, I was asking Chris kind of what our numbers looked like. And I was shocked at how many downloads we got uh, towards the end of the year, like insane amount, like way more than I thought we're, we're listening. Uh, just the super, goal super. For, from our boss was a thousand per week. And that was t- by the end of the year. We we've said it before, but we did it in week two, and you know, I like I don't want to I don't want to project too good numbers, but at the same time, like I tell you what, Tyler, 
think about what can happen once we get into a football season where I'm not going through a fucking life altering several months. You're not having a kid. Yeah. You know, maybe both of our teams are good. That probably is the most far-fetched part of it. Yeah. That's but man, this happen. is like just the beginning. It was awesome. Yeah. Fantastic year. Um, what a way to end it. I do think weirdly enough, um, seems like a cop-out answer, but I think my favorite moment of the year is, is this for Georgia fans. Especially, I really don't think... That's fucking stupid. You're lying. No, no. I really do think it was because of what happened in the SEC championship game. Hold and, on, hold on, hold on. Your favorite moment of the entire fucking season was watching Georgia win a national championship. What would you take from the Florida State season that I would have enjoyed? You were really fired up for like the first <laughs> half of that Notre Dame game. <laughs> Didn't they beat fun. Miami? They beat Miami. No, that was great. But I mean, that's my personal, like my favorite thing for my team. Clearly, I liked that better than George winning the national championship. Yes, but I try to take my own emotions out of that. Starting the podcast is pretty bias. cool. I thought that was fun. It was. Oh well, I mean, personally, for the podcast, getting to interview Kirk Herbstreit and Danny Canal was like the the peak for me. Like I thought that was yeah. a cool thing. What about you? Favorite favorite moment from the season? Um, I mean, Atlanta, man, that was, uh, I said it a thousand times. There was just so many, it was a weird year for me. And so it's like, there was, it, there was like a couple things that felt like things turned for me, like in my whole life. And that was the game in Atlanta. And I was really happy we won that one and, and even said it, but I didn't mean it then kind of felt like I was okay with just winning that one. And then like, we'll figure out what happens in January, but like, just because of closing out the year on a, on a more positive note. Um, and then the LSU weekend, man, I was in like, I ended up getting back into a funk, but I was in a dark funk for a while. And it's just being in that like environment again was a lot of fun too. And, and we got some stuff we're going to be, we're going to be doing this year. I haven't brought all of it up to you yet either, but like mm. just cause it's the off season, we'll have, we'll have, doesn't mean we can't do stuff, do meetups, all that kind of shit. But like, I live in a fucking basement. Tyler works like two miles away. We we really, really love just talking football and hanging out with you guys and all that kind of shit. So as long as none of you like, you know, wear lipstick in the dark like that Steve Usimi character and Billy, Billy Madison. Madison. Yeah. I'd love to hang out. But yeah, those are my favorite. And, uh, and then I tell you what, the other one was this. I meant to say this earlier. It was um Last night, as soon as the game ended, I got a phone call from one of my best friends that I haven't spoken to in a year and a half. And his name is Kyle Price. And I owe him an apology because he's been one of my best friends for about, Jesus Christ, 15 years now. Um, he was supposed to be in my wedding. Obviously, that didn't end the right way. I was also technically in his wedding. But as some of you know the story, I, um, I missed the wedding entirely. Uh, it was not my best, and the, it only escalated from there. It was an incredible story. But, yeah, so I got a phone call from him, and and we had had a falling out over a dumbass argument in 2020. And I didn't realize this, but apparently I had blocked his number, like out of anger or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I came here on this podcast like two weeks ago and brought him up that I tried to reach out several times and, and then I think said uh, he was being a bitch about it, which I was in the wrong about. I didn't realize I had fucking blocked him for one. So for months I've been trying to reach out to him. He'd been trying to reach out to me. And I, I was really excited to hear from that person because I knew that 
they were. He's a big Georgia fan. He's a big he's Georgia a fan. Diehard Georgia fan. I should have yeah. referenced that too. Diehard Georgia fan that like after we won the 2017 Natty, I talked to him. I talked with him on the phone for like an hour and a half, like trying to build him back up and, and celebrating because because he was so down. And then for him to call me last night, I was like, "Fuck, he's either gonna rub this in my face or something bad's gonna happen." And he flat out told me that he was like, yeah, we've missed an entire season. It's been my favorite year of sports. He used to always talk to you about sports. It was like, you know, he's a very similar situation with his dad and my dad, like their relationship. And so we were, that's how we kind of bonded with each other. And uh, yeah, man, I missed the world series, missed the, the Georgia national championship and all that kind of stuff. But it was, it was great to hear from him. It was like, it was great to kind of bury the hatchet. And it felt like so much positive things came from, Honestly, a night that I thought was gonna be fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, that, well, that's great. Kyle's a good dude. Glad you guys could mend. Well, mend listen, if Georgia day. fucking wins another national title next year, I'm gonna block his number again. But well, that's I never had a doubt. Um, okay, where do we go from here? Um, are we gonna record another episode this week? I don't know. How long have we been recording right now? At least an hour. That's it. All Probably right, we'll look, at, we'll look at the favorite moments of the year for you guys, and we can do more of a deep dive into it. But but basically, going from here, I was gonna say, Tim, we had something in the dock, right? It was it was the audience favorite moments from the season, and then the the, the way too I, I think we should 25. I think we should do the way too early top twenty five in another another episode. All right. Well, I had a really bold prediction that I had an epiphany. Okay. Well, let's fun. hear that. Bama returns a ton of talent. A ton. Mm-hmm. I, I think Bama is going to be historically good next year because of uh, the people they have returning. Granted, they did just have seven players in at the transfer portal. <laughs> well, strange. I mean, Billingsley, I don't that kid. I, I don't know what the fuck happened with him this year, but um, Drew Sanders was another one that I was – I thought at first was probably not good, but he hasn't really done much since, since, you know, halfway through the year, regardless, that's just going to become more a part of, of what is, you know, happening year in and year out. But the, the early top three was Bama, Ohio state, Georgia. I have zero arguments with that because Ohio state's going to be loaded. I will say that I've seen multiple top tens for next year. Joel Klatt, a couple guys from Fox, Brett Murphy, where Arkansas, is in the top 10, which is pretty Ooh. fucking cool. If that happens, man, that is what it, what it, that would be an incredible job, even if it's just a preseason ranking. So that being said, I think Bama has a chance to be like, honestly, historically good next year. And I think with what we saw all season long from Saban was a different Saban. This is my favorite Saban. Like we've had since he's been there. So your bold he, prediction is that Bama's going to be really good. And Saban's going to retire. Oh, and Saban's gonna retire. Yeah, like, like, and, and I'm, I've, I honestly, I haven't. Kristen hasn't said anything to me, but mm. just from like watching him throughout this season, watching him like with his grandkids, watching him like, he's a different dude, man. I, I think he I, like, I think he would have retired if they beat Georgia last night. You think so? So yeah, he, I don't, I don't think he would have if that was the case. Only, well, actually, maybe so, man, because I never thought I would see the day where I would. Nick Saban genuinely was happy. For somebody that just beat him, in, yeah, in, on a stage that big. I was surprised to see that. 
and and you know all like what he did after in the press conference where he was like brought up the whole Bryce and and mm-hmm. Williams thing. I didn't think that was as cool as I think everyone else did. It was nice of him to do, but like also it's weird that he said, "Can I say something?" Like what? What if somebody said no? Like who? Like yeah, no, Nick, we gotta move on. Sorry, but but all that man, like he he has shifted into a coach that understands like you can't just fucking ride everyone all year long because some players don't react to that. So that's my bold prediction. I think he I think he's gone after that. Would truly oh, be and because Bryce Young and Will Anderson are coming back, but they'll yeah. be gone next year. That's a that's a good point. Um, okay, well we'll see. And if that happens, who's your way too early prediction on the next coach? I'm not doing that. I don't want to play okay. that game. All right. All right. All right, cool. Well, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed the game. I thought, especially the second half, was really good, fun fun to watch, even if you're not a fan of either team. Georgia fans went through the ringer last night, but pull out victorious. Congratulations, Dogs fans. Sincerely mean that. We've talked a lot on this podcast about how we both are from Georgia. We have grew up in Georgia, and we were very scared to know what it would be like if Georgia won a national championship for once. Thus far... Better than I thought, but it's been one day, Chris. I don't have faith in in the, in the Georgia faithful to not get a little braggadocious after uh, the initial shock has worn off. I mean, there's been a couple we'll that were some weird comments. Like I had, I had a couple people message me like, "What do you think about Stetson Bennett now?" And I was like, "Oh, you you haven't listened to anything I've said in over a year." I'm assuming. Um, yeah, Georgia fans were probably the hardest on Stetson more than anybody. Not probably. They definitely were, including up until last night. But I will say, if if like you guys are feeling like you want to riot or vandalize shit, take a step back, call me. Let's plan a kidnapping. Let's be constructive, and we'll kidnap the dogs. Oh, there you go. You know what I mean? Um, all right, where's the, where's the fucking thing? The moments. I'm currently locked out of Facebook for the third straight day Uh-oh. because I use an email address that I had in college that's not valid anymore. Mm, that'll do it. So if every time I have this two-step verification thing, they make me identify four of four comments that I've made in like a list of 20. I've never been a fan of the layout of the, the Facebook groups. Like I can never find the most recent stuff recent um, posts. go to new activity and say recent posts <laughs> anyway so it's from a burner um under Mris carler jesus christ there's been a lot of posts fucking kirby's kid doing the crane was was not my favorite okay here you go um we'll start he- what the fuck we'll start here you know what? Never mind. Now I can't fucking find it. What happened? Oh, I found it. Marissa, right, get on it. Go. Marissa Carler. Okay, so these uh, Nick Jones. His favorite was second and 18. Stetson's touchdown third to 80 Mitchell. I'll remember that forever. Close second. Stetson's post-game interview on GMA. Have to admit, that was fantastic. Uh, still drunk from the night before. Did you see that? I loved it. I, like, that was amazing. The transformation he made from hours earlier is also, by the way, like, let's clear the air on every single one of those. That's what happens for all of these. I, when Clemson beat us in 2016, 
a buddy of mine who actually owns this trivia company in Atlanta, um, he got so fucked up at the game, he somehow got onto the field and then just was behind. Who was Clemson's tight end in 2016? It's like pretty well-known mm-hmm. guy, um, like light-skinned black guy. I think he did. Yeah, he, I can't like remember his name. Cameron something, maybe. I don't know. Like, anyway, he's never – either way. That, so that kid ended up getting on GMA the next morning and he, I guess when he was like blackout, he started telling them he was an agent and they just kind of went with it. And so at like oh. 7 a.m. the next morning, I like turn on the TV and my fucking buddy is standing next to Deshaun Watson and whoever the, uh, whoever the tight end was. It was ridiculous. So anyway. <laughs> uh, let's see. Caleb Tillman says, seeing Keely Ringu Ringo, after his injury issues, after his mom's cancer diagnosis, after not see, being the starter at the beginning of the season, be the guy to basically win Georgia the national championship with that pick six was immensely satisfying. I need an oil painting of that. Also, happy to hear you're getting better, Uncle Chris. Thanks, dude. Yeah, that was... Uh, I didn't realize Keely Ringo was that big, by the way. Yeah, he's big. Tristan Smith. Watching players that were absolutely stalled out with Jer- Jeremy Pruitt absolutely ball out with Josh Heupel. That was his favorite Tristan moment. Smith, big, big Corgi, Corgi fan and gift giver. Dex Kendall. For me, for South Carolina, whooping the absolute dog shit out of Florida. I know UF sucked this year, but that was awesome and very unexpected. Uh, yeah, that's McKay- fair. McKaylin Crabtree. I, I did not get this one. She's a Bama student. Getting to watch A&M upset Bama in person and surviving Zach and Kip's midnight cult. No, it's not pro-Bama, but when I call this all offseason, it's the best feeling in the world knowing I was right and my coworkers were wrong. Okay, never mind. I didn't read the second half of that. Also, I totally forgot about fighting Dex Zaki. Happy birthday, Kip. Yeah, Kip. That might be one of my favorite moments, actually. Yeah. Uh, as a Georgia fan, every moment of the season was my favorite this season. That's from Derek Walden. Nice cop that. out there. Chris Kanan, AR-15's first plays. That's about all I got. That was honestly the most accurate and honest post of any of these. Eli says LSU firing coach. O. Carter Logan, seven sacks against Clemson was pretty cool and set the tone for the rest of the season, even though Clemson ended up not being as good as expected. So just a few answers there from fans. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to do a, a more in-depth segment of this next episode and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't want to even get into the fact that it's the off season yet. Cause it just makes me sad. But tremendous end of the season, um, especially for a non-SEC, SEC football podcast. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and wrap there. Um, fantastic season. Sad it's over. We enter the offseason, which we've talked about. is going to be full of drama with transfer portal, probably some more coaching changes as well. Um, we'll be right there every week to, to collect our thoughts about it. Also, despite the name – we don't have to talk about just college football. We like this is the fun part. We could do whatever the fuck we want. Oh. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk about wherever, wherever we want to. It's just endless possibilities. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, that was fun. Sorry for your team's loss, but not that sorry. Enjoy your night. Lost to Jackson. <laughs> <laughs>